Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. And if you are a fan of Georgia sports, you are in a rare state of sports euphoria right now as uh, the Atlanta Braves are your world champions, World Series champions. And, uh, well, there's some other good news for Georgia sports, and we'll talk (coughs) about that later in in the form of CFP rankings. So, uh, but yeah, uh, without further ado, as always, to join me and discuss, Jesse, what's up? You know, I I made the promise that I was willing and I am fully prepared to to follow through. I'm willing to sacrifice all other Georgia sports for the Braves to win a World Series. So, so universe, kind. I know universe. If if the Falcons need to lose, if UGA needs to lose, if the Hawks, whoever it is that needs to lose, take them down. We're oh, fine. We're down. happy. We're elated. Just... Did we cry a little? A little. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. Matt, what's so you going can take on? Take down the rest. I uh, I, I got to tell you, I uh, I'm excited that it's, it feels like 1995 again, um, except I'm a lot older uh, and a little <laughs> bit bigger. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting. Um, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. Like I like baseball. I mean, I'm wearing a baseball hat. Shout out to the making bacon. Right. Uh, I like baseball. Um, I'm happy the Braves won, but I'm not. I'm not on everybody else's level right now. And again, Everyone's happy yeah. the Braves won. Oh, well, yeah, because it was against no. the Astros. <laughs> well, that too. I was going to say they were showing uh, maps of uh, you know who's cheering for whom, and it was like a, a single spot in the middle of Houston was yeah. cheering for the Astros. Now, so. now I want to be clear here. I definitely watched most of the games and definitely was rooting for the Braves. But yay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I thought for certain the Astros were going to win it. That was my pick was the Astros in six, but I was wrong again. I mean, until the last out, we were oh, up no, by seven. I no was doubt. sweating no because doubt. I was not comfortable. I was, was uncomfortable. 28-7? 28-7? Is that what you say to Atlanta fans? Yeah, to trigger them or whatever. Yeah, Jesse, it could have yeah. been it could have been twenty to zero in, in the final inning, and I I'm not getting excited until I see them hoisting the trophy mm-hmm. and yeah. No, I was texting my boyfriend. I was like, I can't breathe. And he was like, don't you dare get excited. I was like, I'm not, but I might cry still. <laughs> I saw, I saw somebody on my feed uh, posted and this, this is before the end had happened. Mind you, they said, uh, congrats on the Atlanta Braves becoming <coughs> world champions. And I was like, you take that down right take now. Get down <laughs> Right now. Well, it was like, I think it was after um, Dansby's home run and the announcer said something to that likes where it's like it looks like they're on the path to a world championship now I, I audibly by myself was like shut up shut right up. don't you say it stop talking <laughs> don't you put that voodoo on us <laughs> no i was like exactly don't do that did y'all know that i was single-handedly responsible for team usa losing the 2012 world cup are you serious i am that no what did you do the in that elimination game i think they were playing um ghana no, they beat Ghana that year, I think. I can't remember who they were playing. But whatever game they were playing for their uh, elimination, um, they were up like two goals to, to none. 
and there was like 20 minutes left or something. I don't remember. But I was like, ah, the U.S. has got this in the bag. And then Tim Jordan had – Tim, no, Tim Howard, excuse me. Tim Howard. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, Tim Howard had a stroke and gave up like two goals in like two minutes. It was – it's something my wife has never let me live down. <laughs> As she should. Because she was there. And she's like, this is your fault because you said they got this in the bag and then they ended up losing. And I said, yeah, can't say yeah that. I'll, I'll wear that. That's me. Well, as a Georgia fan, hopefully this sets things in motion. Uh, nope, but, you know, nope, nope, we'll see. No, we'll Downhill. See. No. Lots more. No. Yeah. Hey, trust me. I've been there, done that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> there is um, a stat out there, Wes. I, I think I texted to you. Every time the Braves have played in the World Series, the University of Georgia no. has not won a national championship. You, you tweeted it at me, and I think I responded, this is why rules – I don't con- condone this, but this is why rules were made to be broken. So <laughs> – uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, concluding our uh, multi-sport intro, let's go ahead and get into the games of last week. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right. Well, uh, these two teams were truly fighting for last place in the SEC. Um, that was Mizzou at Vanderbilt. Um, and uh, Mizzou ended up winning this one 37 to 28. Matt got the point in this one. Uh, Mizzou gets their first conference win while uh, Vandy remains winless in the conference. Um, kind of a kind of a sloppy game, although uh, Tyler Beatty continues to be uh, a, a bright spot for uh, Mizzou's offense. Uh, 31 carries, 254 yards. Uh, that's good. I don't care who you're playing against. Um, and uh, and two touchdowns on the day. So, uh, uh, Jesse, let's start with you first on this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on this fight for the bottom? <laughs> this, this is sad. I mean, any Mizzou fan that thought you had hope, you let Vandy put up 28 points and 380 yards. That's More of the bad. same. Like, woof. Um, yeah. Also, if I'm Vandy, that transfer portal might be looking good. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to like wish that bad juju on you. I'm just saying if I were a player, I'm putting up stats like that. I'm on a team that is on the decline, like a very steady, steep decline. I might be looking to see who, who needs me. It's a good, it's a fair point. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Matt, uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, again, both of these teams, um, and granted, Tennessee has the same um, record as Missouri, so I can't say too much, although we did smack them around a little bit earlier this season. Um, you know, both these teams are are near the bottom tier of the SEC East. Uh, like we said, Vanderbilt's been winless in conference play so far. Um, and like you said, this wasn't a pretty game. Uh, a lot of yards given up by both defenses. Uh, in fact, Vanderbilt's running back got 152 yards on the ground. That should tell you something right there about how awful Missouri's defense is. Um, Their leading you, rusher is their quarterback, uh, right? right. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. So, so yeah, he had a fun day. So yeah, you're. I bet he'd probably need the next day off. Um, probably nice and <laughs> nice and sore. Um, again, this is one of those situations where I'm kind of looking at it, going, "What happened to Missouri?" Because we were talking about Missouri being, you know, number three or number four in the SEC East um, at the beginning of the season. We were talking about Connor Bazelak being an SEC quarterback, and he went, what, 22 for 28 for 218 yards, a touchdown, an interception? Yeah. That's yeah. His draft stock. I'm just, it, it, I would should, be curious. Yeah. He, I, he, I don't know. Who do you think right now? He gets drafted 
tomorrow? Where does he? What team does he go to? In what round? And I know, it's, I know, rounds don't low. matter. Tom it's Brady, I get it. But it's it's also I mean I, for him I think it's still early. Last year we had we saw flashes and so we expected a lot. Um, a lot of guys experienced that that sophomore slump, right? We I mean we've seen it with a lot of quarterbacks or not just quarterbacks over the years. Um, so uh, we'll see what he does with it um, uh, in, going into next year, and um, and we'll see. I mean uh, I don't I, I have to also wonder if it has something to do with uh, development there too. Uh, and the ability for the staff yeah. to develop their quarterbacks. So, so what is he a, is he a sophomore or junior? Uh, pretty sure he's sophomore, a sophomore, right? right? Yeah. Because I think he, he was a freshman when he came in last year and had a few good games, okay. I, I thought. So, okay. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get to uh, Georgia versus Florida uh, down in Jacksonville. Um, Georgia winning this one 34 to seven. Uh, interesting game. So I, I got the point, Jesse, you and I both had the same differential here. So we had to do the math there, but um, really odd game here because up until like uh, two thirty-five left in the first half, um, Georgia was, was only up three to zero. Like it was one of those deals where we were getting close to halftime and I'm like, this one, this one might be the one. <laughs> this this might I'm you know what like that feeling where you should be beating a team but you've been letting them hang around and you know that letting them hang around just gives them more confidence and uh, you you don't know what's going to happen then now the defense played really great um as they have done you know all season but um the offense really kind of struggled here uh Stetson Bennett had two really bad picks it wasn't like a tip ball or whatever. I mean, these are like long balls that just floated up in the air for an eternity, way underthrown and were picked off. Um, and you could argue maybe it was the wind. I don't know, but still uh, two of them. And uh, fortunately, we had the defense there to, to step up. So I mentioned the 235 less than, left in the first half. Um, two touchdowns resulted from turnovers, one of them uh, being where they ripped the ball literally from AR-15's hands. And then, um, uh, and then one play scoring drive after that, and then the uh, tip ball pick, um, and then we scored one play after that, and then there was the pick six uh, by uh, Nakobe Dean after that. So, I mean, put that all in there, and my gosh, what a what a way to end the half. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I'm evaluating our offense, I know I'm, I'm no, I'm nitpicking at this point because they've played well uh, as a whole, the team has, especially the defense, but I don't know if that kind of offensive play um, can win a championship and depending on who we're going up against. Now, the same token, I thought that um, I was a little surprised that JT Daniels didn't play. I thought that the O-line was, uh, was protecting well enough. And in my mind, we're going to put Stetson in when we're having to scramble. Maybe the, the D line is getting some penetration. They're getting to us some, and we need somebody to run, uh, but they were protecting well. So I was surprised. I don't know if, if maybe that injury is still holding out, holding him out. Maybe. No, um, their language around that injury is so lack yeah. and loose. He played. It's fine. It's, you know, no, they bought in so hard on JT Daniels. He's fine. 
And they know that Stetson Bennett is the guy right now. And they don't want everybody to freak out and say, there's a quarterback battle in Georgia. Cause they always do that. So they're going to be really lackadaisical with their language, make it sound really vague. So you're like, it sounds like he's fine, but maybe not. He's fine. It's really, it's really weird though, because they really haven't tried to make it into like a, this is the guy we're going to pick the guy type of uh, type of language. It's, it's like, uh, what I've heard is that they're going to try to play both guys. I- essentially, like this is a two-quarterback system from now on, which I'm fine with if that wins games, right? Uh, you kind of put the guy in depending on the situation. I don't know. I've always thought that JT was the more accurate quarterback uh, throwing and uh, better deep balls, and obviously Stetson is better if he's got a scramble. He's got you know better a better scrambling ability. Um, so a little puzzled as to what's going on there. Um, obviously – um, things worked out, um, and this week probably won't be a test. We got Mizzou. Um, I, I say that, but you never know. But I, I don't foresee that being an issue. Uh, but uh, it'll be an open book test. But with yeah. a flashcard. But hey, it, maybe Working it could be group. kind of one of those games where we can feel that out. Is that something that we want to explore a two quarterback system? Do we want to put? And maybe last week was uh, Stetson's game. Maybe this week is JT's game. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Florida, on the flip side, Florida falls to four and four. And uh, Anthony Richardson sustained a concussion in the second half. His status, status is uh, still unclear. So, uh, Matt, uh, let's go with you first this time. What were your thoughts on this game and kind of how where both of these teams are right now? Uh, I feel like this was a snoozer. Um, usually this game's a little bit closer and a little bit more intense. I, granted, it was close uh, until y'all decided to put 24 points up in the second quarter. Um, but Georgia's defense is pretty stout. I I am curious as to what that off, what that defense will look like when it runs into somebody that will challenge them. Um, and, and I'm not speaking of like Kentucky trying to challenge them where they, you know, have Chris Rodriguez and they try to run the ball all the time. I'm talking about somebody that's going to challenge them vertically. Um, if you look at Georgia's, the defenses they've faced, uh, Georgia has played, hold that thought, Clemson, eh. South Carolina, nope. Vanderbilt, nope. Arkansas, we thought they were something, eh, not so much. Uh, Auburn is a bad day for Auburn. You know how Auburn is. Kentucky, Florida, Missouri. I just, I'm not sold on, on the on the pass game. Now, granted, you got a, Georgia has a very efficient pass rush, but I, I'm curious what it's going to look like when you play a team with a mobile quarterback that can challenge. You know, they can 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 kind of take over in those situations where the game breaks apart. Um, I think their biggest challenge will probably come against Alabama uh, if they see them in the SEC championship game. If they get Auburn in the SEC championship game, sorry, Jesse, if they get Auburn in the SEC championship game, it'll be interesting to see which version of Auburn they get. If they get, I don't know, like Ohio State in the uh, in the CFP, uh, it'll be interesting to see what that defense does then. I just I, and it sounds it sounds stupid. Granted, by the body of work, I'm still not sold on Georgia. I'm not. Um, and I, and I, and I go strictly off of what I've seen, uh, as far as the competition they faced. In fairness, I think Richardson is one of those type quarterbacks that you mentioned, just looking at his performance this year, but I think it's still a little early. I think it's still a little early to evaluate him and kind of, uh, throwing him in against the dogs in that defense. I don't know if that was the best thing for him either in his confidence, um, obviously he sustained an injury as well and we'll see how that works out. But, uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this game, it was interesting to me. 
you know, first half, I was like, wow, look, oh, and the turnover. Oh, this is fun. Again, I don't like either team. I don't care. Um, I think it's interesting. I think the chaos would have been great. But my boyfriend is a Georgia fan. We're about to head out. We're like, all right, at halftime, we'll go watch it somewhere. And so he was like, I'm going to take a quick shower. He runs to go take a shower. During his entire shower, the dogs scored 24 points. Should have stayed in the shower. And I'm just like <laughs> yelling across the house. And he's like, what's happening? I was like, you have to stay in the shower. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. I'm um, just like yelling play by play. But no, I think, you know, the defense for Georgia looks great, right? But I think I can understand a little bit of what Matt's saying too, right? Because the opponents have not been the juggernauts. And we said it at the beginning of the season. We said Georgia's schedule was the fall bake sale. That's what we said. Um, it's just the truth. But the Gators, I had, all of us kind of did at the beginning of the season, maybe a little bit more hype for them. And they thought they were going to have two quarterbacks this season. I don't think they have one. I don't think either are are the guys. Dang, um, it's, I mean, <clears throat> come on. They Richardson struggled again going up against the Georgia defense was probably not the best confidence boost. But his stats, he completed 12 of 20 passes for 82 yards and added 26 more on the ground. Obviously, we mentioned it. He left with an injury um, and that's still being evaluated. Jones was was a little better coming in late, but he finished 10 for 14 for 112 yards, and he also ran for 22, and that was the team's only touchdown. They're just – they're not there. They need a lot of development. Um, Florida's, Florida's got some issues that they need to, to definitely take care of. That's, that's an understatement. They have a ton of issues down in Gainesville. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know. Do do we even get into that right now? I mean, I mean, we might as well. I mean, if you're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, go for it. We we all know that there's been some rumblings and grumblings down in Gainesville. Um, You know, we had talked earlier in the week about uh, Mullen's response to a reporter asking the question, well, coach, what about, what about recruiting? And he goes, this we're, we'll talk about recruiting when recruiting season gets here, which is coach talk for we're not talking about anything, but I don't want to really talk to you. And then he canceled a couple media days. Like he had time set aside to the, from the beginning of the season set aside to get together with the media and talk and field questions and Todd, yeah. uh, not Todd Grantham, um, you know, Todd Grantham, a bunch of the coordinators were supposed to talk to the press too. And they did shut you, all that down. Did you see the eye roll when they said the word the word recruiting? Oh man, uh that was that was something. And he and was it, so good at recruiting. He, and no, he was so don't good you know at it. every every other uh coach around the country when he said, Oh, we're just gonna worry about recruiting during recruiting season, not right now. Every other coach is going, All right, who wants to talk to us? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly every other coach was like, Great, I already had five visits to Florida already right. planned. Let's bulk <laughs> up that schedule. Like, guys, you ever you ever had an old beater car and you know when you're in that old beater car and the light comes on and it's just kind of there and you see it and you ignore it. You're like, No, no. I'm yeah. not worried about that. And then another light comes on and you're like, No, no. I'm just going to ignore that too. Well, the lights are on in Gainesville, and I'm not sure what's going on with Mullen right now. Turn, turn the music up, and you can't hear the bad noises. I just, I just it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's trending the wrong direction. 
is a great, great way to put it. I mean, Florida at this point is what? Uh, four and four, four and four, I think. Yeah. And granted, so is Tennessee and everybody else in the SEC East for the most part. Um, but they had like uh, two just, Heisman guys are up for the Heisman last year. Yeah. Well, and the recruiting thing is a hot topic. Like I think I mentioned to you guys earlier. Um, I think uh, the last class, I think he was uh, sixth in the SEC, which if you're Florida is usually not a good thing with the recruiting hotbed down there. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, next year's class is right now slated at uh, 35th in the country, I think. And that's behind schools like Mizzou and Arkansas. Um, so Gainesville is not a hard place to recruit to. Right. It's not. Exactly. That's the thing is that people are like, this is not what should be happening. But, um, you know, it's understandable to have a little bit of a step back after what he lost last year. But when you don't have people coming in, um, that's a little scary if I'm a, a Florida fan, which obviously I'm not, but still, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what it's happens bit, there. It's, it's definitely a bit disconcerting. By the way, uh, the last last five games uh, have been a loss to Georgia, a loss to LSU, a win against Vanderbilt, a loss to Kentucky, a win against Tennessee, and a loss to Alabama. Um, that's, yeah. not, that's not keeping you employed in Gainesville. It's and maybe not. it maybe it, I don't know if it, it, he just strikes me this way, but Dan Mullen seems like he kind of has that kind of self-imploding where once things go bad, he's just kind of – you can see it in his face. He's got just like a negative attitude towards the whole thing, and he's like, yeah. I'm not I'm not dealing with that right now. And I'm like, well, you kind of have to. <laughs> so, you might want to. Yeah. So, anyway, um, we'll move on from the Florida hate. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about <clears throat> Ole Miss at Auburn. Um, this one was a – another wild one between these two and uh, involving these teams. Seems like these two teams are always in the middle of, of crazy games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn winning this one 31 to 20, Matt getting the point here. Uh, Matt Corral went down early in this game with, um, well, I mean, it wasn't just an apparent ankle injury. I mean, like he was like crying on the field. And um, so he left and I was like, oh my gosh, he's probably like out for the season is like reaction. And then uh, he comes out of the locker room and he's miraculously back in the game. Uh, obviously he wasn't hundred percent. He was hobbling a little bit, but uh, I was just shocked. He was on the field period. Um, uh, Ole Miss also uh, depleted at the wide receiver position had uh, injury there as well. Um, but you know, kudos to Auburn. They played strong, uh, solid play from Bo Nix and uh, a really good game from uh, uh, tank Bigsby. Um, with 140 yards on 23 carries with one touchdown. Uh, that dude just kind of churns out a consistently good performance every week, just about. Um, uh, Auburn's defense, uh, they did get a pick late uh, by Jalen Simpson to put a stop to Ole Miss's uh, comeback bid. But here is where we kind of get into a little bit of a interesting talking point and something that SEC Shorts chose to use as their talking point this week. And that was uh, Lane Kiffin's carefree attitude going for it on fourth down. That was a great skit. It was, it was so – he commented on it, by the way. He's like, great job, guys. This is hilarious. So, you know. I haven't whatever. seen it yet. I got to go watch it. Oh, yeah, you got you to watch it. But he, he went for it on fourth down uh, conversions on Auburn's 20-yard line. 
13 and 18. So, I mean, you just calculate the points he missed out on right there. And I know it wouldn't have necessarily been a, enough to win the game, but you, you, you talk about getting points uh, in Jordan Hare. Uh, you never know what that does for momentum. Um, and so with the injury struggles there as well, sometimes you got to just take the points and not uh, put your, uh, your defense's backs against the wall, <laughs> especially in a hostile environment. So, um, I don't know. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about this game and, and about some of these play calls? I think at some point, like obviously Lane, he is a persona. He is very much plays into what people say about him and, and he loves it. But I think at some point you have to look and I know he's probably broken it down to a science or whatever, but like, I don't think it's working all the time. Going for it once or twice, fine. I would say maybe once. Ooh, um, you can't jeopardize the outcome of a game because you want to show off on fourth down. And I truly think that's what it is. And people even come at me and say it's, you know, they broke down the statistics and it's blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, you've got to make some smarter coaching decisions there, especially when your quarterback's not at 100%. You have other injuries. You've got to take the points. It's like you said. And playing in Jordan-Hare is not easy. And when you can just put some points on the board, go for that. Build some momentum. Give some confidence to your guys. Um, that's just – it's just weird to me. I don't know. Otherwise, I think it's a pretty well-matched game. I mean, you look at the stat line. Total yards is very, very similar. Uh, turnovers, similar as well. Turnovers, guys. Um, time of possession is very close. Same with first down. So overall, I think these teams are very well matched and had Lane Kiffin not made some of those fourth down calls, who knows, we may have been able to have a different kind of game. Matt, is it, uh, is it time for old Lane to ditch the analytics? Now nah, I, I give that a hand wave. I hate, I hate that. No. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about Lane Kiffin is he's definitely, his own guy, um, and he's going to make decisions on his own terms. I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the fourth quarter or fourth, fourth down go for it. Um, just given what we know about that offense, how high caliber that offense can be, um, I, I, I like the aggression. Uh, most quarter, most uh, coaches are going to be very conservative. It's kind of nice. But at to this see point, do you feel well. like everyone's expecting it? Like it's to the point, point now yes. where we just know. Yeah, at this point, yes. Um, <clears throat> but it's one of those situations where I, I appreciate it, Adelaine. Uh, I was a little shocked that they didn't get more points in this game. Um, you know, Auburn gave up, uh, what, 464 yards on the ground, and they were only able to convert that to really two touchdowns. Um, kudos to Auburn for playing decent defense, but – I was anticipating uh, a little bit more fight at Ole Miss. I was also anticipating a little bit higher score. I think I – what did I say? I said it was going to be – You said 35-30. I said 35-30. Okay, I was on the money. Um, so, yeah, well, again, Ole Miss should have got about 10 more points, which would have been those field goals. So, I, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Um, you, you weren't figuring in the analytics. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I didn't take the <laughs> analytics into it. I wasn't playing money ball. Um, yeah, this is just one of those situations where I still – I feel like Ole Miss is a, is a good team, but they're, like, on the cusp of being a great team. Um, and I don't think it's coaching that's getting in the way. I think it might be that talent discrepancy at the moment. Then again, Auburn's coming off a rebuild. So who knows what's going to really happen as far as long run goes. What this means, though, 
is that Auburn with this win controls their own destiny. Um, yeah. And they've got a chance to write that destiny and make a trip to Atlanta if they can beat Alabama. <laughs> No, thank she, was you. Shaking your, she was shaking her head before you even you said shake it. Shake your head all you want, but no, I think we've you. I think we've seen that Bama is vulnerable this year. We've seen it, yep. and every and, I know every and every year, every year we always say, "Well, Bama's done. Bama's about to get it," and then Bama will come out and roll out like forty-eight points on the number one defense in the nation. So I wonder, I wonder if David Pollock learned his lesson. Remember last year when uh, Waddle went yeah. down? He was like, "That's it. Nope, yeah. right they're done." Yeah. Then his backup, or not backup, but like the number two guy ends up winning a Heisman. Right. I um. Here's the thing with Lane. I um. If I as as a non Ole Miss fan, um, I think it's great. It's fun. It's entertaining it's to hilarious. watch. But if if I'm a fan, I'm I'm beginning to get a little short with it right now. I'm like, dude, enough is enough. Like I get maybe going for it if you're on, you know, the forty, thirty, whatever uh, punt doesn't do you much good. Field goals iffy. Um, I get that. Maybe let's go for it then. But man, if you got the points, I mean, if it's a chip shot for your field goal kicker, uh, sometimes you just gotta gotta get the points. But I like I like the aggression. It's, yeah. it's like I said, it's oh, fun. As a non Ole Miss fan, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel if Tennessee ran that way. I'd be mad. Right. That's what oh, I'm thinking. If if Georgia was doing that mess, I'd, I'd be like, dude, what is going on here? <laughs> oh man. Sending letters. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, final game of the day because we only had four SEC games this past weekend, um, and that was Kentucky at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State winning this one, 31-17. Nobody got the point because we didn't give them a chance. And, you know, given what we've seen this year, why why would you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, turnovers, killer for Kentucky uh, because despite uh, Josh Ali's 75-yard punt return for a touchdown at the beginning, which began the scoring of the game, uh, they really uh, struggled down the stretch. Uh, four turnovers total, three of them interceptions by Will Levis. Um, it's almost kind of like I, you guys remember at the beginning of the season, like the first couple of weeks, Kentucky won those games, but we were turnovers. Sitting, we were sitting back like, this is kind of an odd thing going on here. I mean, we've seen flashes of brilliance from Will Levis, but at the same time, uh, he'll struggle. He'll throw a, a silly pick or whatever. Um, now, I, I guess, you know, obviously, let's not take anything away from Mississippi State's defense. Um, the, uh, and then let, let's talk about Will Rogers, right? So the dude set a record, an SEC record, completing 92% of his passes. He went 36 wow. for 39. Uh, I think the previous record was uh, wasn't Dobbs, wasn't Josh Dobbs, and one other guy were tied. I think that's um, yeah, it's uh, for thirty plus attempts is what the record is. The wow. percentage of passes. Um, so yeah, I mean, at three hundred and forty four yards, a touchdown. Uh, air raid offense is doing really well, and uh, honestly, a lot of a lot of rushing uh, as well mm-hmm. this game. So which you know has not really been there for Mississippi State uh, this year. They've had they were able to find some success there. Um, uh, obviously, the offense hitting on all cylinders, starting to find a bit of a groove in the rushing game, as we mentioned, and then also defense playing well. So right now, Mississippi State is a hot team. Um, so they're going to be interesting to watch. Let's, uh, let's hear what, uh, what Mike Leach had to say uh, after the game. You came in thinking that the rushing attack would be more of a trick, but it ended up being a treat for your offense tonight. You know, not really a trick. Some of it you take what the defense gives us, and I know that these guys, uh, 
I know that they're really good against the run, but um, we felt like that they were going to have to drop some people to cover the pass, and you know, the, uh, and it was it was a type of thing where we were lucky enough to get them. I thought a little off balance, and um, you know, then run pass, run, you know, kind of mixed it up. And the thing was, was uh, you know, some uh, some of the key plays, you know, just executing key plays is what allowed that to happen, not really a rushing play or a passing play. And uh, converting third downs was really key to us today. Coach, you mentioned that execution. At one point, Will Rogers, I believe, was 31 of 37 in this game. He didn't have an incompletion since the second possession of the first quarter. Why was he so efficient tonight? Oh, I, thought, I thought he had a lot of help. I thought, other than penalties, I thought we protected pretty good. And then, um, and then the other thing, I thought the receivers bounced around and did their job. You know, he's 36 to 39. Oh, then, so I was uh, actually wrong there. And I thought Woody played really well. Like uh, key situations, uh, 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 Woody Marks, uh, uh, I thought really did some good things. Did you suggest that children maybe rethink their Halloween costumes and go as Will Rogers? Well, they can't. I mean, uh, who wouldn't want to be Will Rogers? You know, I think I think your kid had it right, but I think that, uh, you know, Will Rogers uh, wouldn't be. And that's kind of a... Uh, that's kind of a Treasure Island sort of name, Will Rogers, so that would work out good. Let's see if we can get him to gold. Thank you, Coach. All right, Bubba. <laughs> oh, man. You just make up those questions. What the hell was that? <laughs> Everybody, they know if they're going to interview Mike Leach, they have to have a weird question because they want that you sound bite. You have to have it ready. They just make stupid stuff. Yeah. So, um, so that, that uh, was about two minutes long, which, which honestly runs a little long. Most most uh, coaches, I would not play a clip that long. But when it's Mike Leach, it's just, it's fine. It, it, you don't worry about it going a little bit over because it's just, it's just wow. him. Uh, most so, coaches won't talk that long. Yeah, not post game. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, interesting uh, analysis there from from Coach Leach. Uh, Matt, let's start with you this time. What are your thoughts I'm, on I'm on the game and I'm Mike sorry. Leach? I'm just I'm on tilt about. Whatever the hell that was, because <laughs> your guess is just as good was, as mine. That was that was a rhetorical journey, is what I love. I love the all uh, over the place key plays. It was it was key plays. I'm like, oh my god, what is what does that mean? Wasn't key plays or <laughs> it wasn't, rush? Wasn't pass, pass or I rush? Also, it was key plays. I also appreciated how he managed to get a Treasure Island reference. Yes, in there, yes. You know, there's going to be a pirate at exactly. some point. So that's very on brand for Mike Leach. Um, can I can I can I take a moment to talk to the University of Kentucky football team for just a moment? I think you should. Please do. I'm gonna quote Jesse here. Baby, what is you doing? What is this? What Not is this? This is a Kentucky team that we thought was going to be competitive in the SEC East. They've got a great record. They're in the top 25. The coaching's been great, and then you come out and this happens. Now, granted, you threw the ball. What was it? you threw three interceptions at a Levis? Um, I just, yeah, I just, and then Rodriguez had 34 yards on eight carries, uh, 15 of which were in one, one, one go. Um, Mississippi state's defense is not known for being stopped, being able to stop the run. Uh, in fact, I'm not even sure if we we've talked good things about the Mississippi state defense this season. Um, they had one. I, I mean, they got 11 guys out there wearing jerseys and spots, so they must have a defense. Um, 
I just, I don't know what happened. I don't get it. Uh, I was reading the recap that uh, ESPN put up and uh, Levis said, and I think this is pretty telling. Um, uh, we didn't match the, and he said, this is quote, we didn't match the intensity. I felt like we got pushed around. Oh, this is Stoops that said this. Sorry, not Levis. We were not able to run the ball. Yeah. They ran the ball. Yeah. They made competitive plays, approached, outcoached us, outplayed us in every area, every area. So overall, just a very deflation defeat, uh, unquote. And it's just, He's, he's right. They got pushed around. Um, it's interesting to see that air raid offense working like it's supposed to. Um, mm-hmm. And let's remember, this is a Mississippi State team that at the beginning of the year, we were like, well, they're garbage. There's no shot that they do anything. Now they've rattled off a win against a top a, a ranked 15th Texas A&M. Now they've rattled off a 12th, uh, beaten a 12th ranked UK team. They got Auburn coming up in two weeks. They got Ole Miss at the end of the season. Mississippi State has been posting it all over their social media. They're the only team in the country right now with three wins against teams that are currently in the top 25. The only team in the country. Yep. And here's the kicker. If they manage to find a way to win three more games, which they've got Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee State, and Ole Miss left, you're looking at an eight-win Mississippi State team. Wow. Yeah. Did you anticipate that at the beginning of the season when we saw them lose to uh, Memphis? And, well, they I would have said eight Memphis losses. Game. And when they lost to LSU and all that, would you have said eight wins? Heck no. No, and I, we're actually going to talk about that in uh, listener feedback. Somebody somebody wanted us to talk about that very that very topic. So, um, yeah, I um, – kind of got egg on my face because I said Kentucky was going to win the remainder of their games and go to a a great bowl game, which they still may do well. They still may finish well. Uh, But I was going to say things are looking pretty questionable. Jesse, what do you think about them and and Mississippi State's ability to kind of turn things around? Just looking at the stat line is incredible. UK had the ball for less than 20 minutes. 18 minutes and 50 seconds time of possession. Mm-hmm. Only 216 yards compared to Mississippi State's 438. Yeah, and that's four turnovers. Stat. Three of which were interceptions thrown by their quarterback. That's bad. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Levis is like feast or famine. I just don't understand. Also, those interceptions and you know turnovers in general are giving Mississippi State incredible field position. You can't do that. Not when you're trying to win a ball game. Um, and it's like you guys said, the air raid offense was working, but also their run game was finally working. They put up – this was their second game this season where they put up multiple rushing touchdowns. Uh, so the offense is clicking over there. I am astonished that we are talking about them positively at this point because, yeah, at the beginning of the season, I thought this was just going to be an abysmal season for them. I thought Mike Leach might be – very much in the hot seat and looks like I was wrong. Potentially, probably. By the way, guys, I want to point out that Will Levis currently has 14 touchdowns. He has nine interceptions. Well, it seems like they're playing like, um, gosh, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes. It seems, it seems like when they come, it's, it's in droves though. It's, it's crazy. Um, 
All right. Well, um, that does it for last week's games. Uh, the current pick'em standings, uh, I've got 26 points. Matt has 23, and Jesse has 22. We're kind of getting bunched up here. Um, so uh, exciting. And uh, lots of points up uh, for, for grabs this week um, and in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of news uh, this week. It's a, a pretty full uh, news segment. So let's go ahead and get into it. Here's the news. <laughs> All right, well, uh, the first bit of news, as you might expect, is uh, the uh, playoff uh, committee has released uh, its first CFP rankings of the season. So this is the first official set of rankings, the first ones that really matter. That AP stuff has been fun to look at, but really doesn't mean anything. So uh, here they are um, in order. We've got number one, Georgia, number two, Alabama, number three, Michigan State, number four, Oregon, Number five, Ohio State. Number six, Cincinnati. Yep, at number six. And then number seven, Michigan. Number eight, Oklahoma. Number nine, Wake Forest. Number 10, Notre Dame. Uh, And then the rest of the SEC teams, uh, we've got number 13, Auburn. Number 14, Texas A&M. At 16, Ole Miss. uh, 17, uh, Mississippi State. And then number 18 is Kentucky. All right. What what are you guys' reactions to that? Are you surprised? Jesse, I know you're pleased. Let's start with you first, because I know you're very pleased with, with what you're saying. I'm so happy. I I was nervous a little bit. I didn't think we would necessarily be two. I thought we might come in at four, um, just given the Texas A&M uh, loss there. But expected Georgia to be number one with Michigan State beating Michigan this past weekend, which I was thrilled about. Uh, go green, go white. Very happy about that one. I have to admit, I didn't necessarily think Oregon would be four. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, maybe I missed something. I don't know. I, it's just their win against Ohio State has got to be it. I mean, they apparently the, the committee is really valuing that. They always um, value Ohio State for some reason. That's that's the only top 25 team they face. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Also, Cincy's got to be pissed. Oh, my gosh, yes. How mad are you? Listen. I mean, yes, you almost lost to unranked Navy. I'm like, yes, I love I, – I, I have to love Navy by default. But, like, yeah. but still, I'd be mad. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they thought, okay, maybe we won't stay at two like we've been in, in AP. But, you know right. – Maybe we'll, like you said, maybe we'll still be in the top four. Uh, and then they drop them to six. And I can't imagine the shock uh, of, of Cincy fans. Uh, Matt, what's your reaction? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the old classic. They ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> None of them have. Cincinnati's <laughs> played Notre Dame. That's the only ranked t- top, top 25 team. Uh, they, they should uh, not uh, be that ranked that no, high. Uh, sorry. Talking is difficult. So this. Notre Dame's it. That's all yeah. they've played that's ranked. Michigan right. State, uh, let me pull up their stuff. Uh, Miami, when they were in the top 25. Uh, Michigan, which was the top 10 team. Uh, old khaki pants with a steak and milk. Son of a son. Um, Oregon has played uh, Ohio State, and that's literally it. Because the Pac-12 is garbage, and they're, they stumbled um, against uh, Stanford, right? Wasn't that right. it? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, play your play your football at a decent time of night. 
Um, and then Ohio State's lost to Oregon, and that's all they've played, except for Penn State, obviously. But why, why are we even having the, the – I don't understand why we're even having this conversation. We know it's going to be an SEC. It's going to be an SEC-led CFP. It is every year. We're always in the mix. Uh, now, if Georgia can hold on, if Bama can find a way to sneak in with two losses, or if Georgia can sneak in with one loss – I don't see why you don't put both the SEC champion and the SEC runner-up in the in there this year. Unless, well, I just I think you'll have to, I, I, especially over a over a, a Cincinnati team that has literally played nobody. Well, this this ranking tells me what the committee thinks, and um, if putting Alabama at number two tells me that unless it's just like a thrashing in the in the title, you know, obviously assuming that everybody makes it there, and and it will be Georgia Bama. Uh, it, unless it's just a thrashing that both teams are going to make it regardless. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. It, I feel like the committee said a lot with the rankings that they put out there. They said a lot about their opinion of Alabama. They said mm-hmm. a lot about what their opinion is of Cincinnati. Um, but I think they also kind of made that clear some, last year. Yeah. yeah I think they've kind of given themselves some wiggle room though. And in, uh, in a certain, ex, uh, to a certain extent, which we can talk about later as far as Cincy making it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised at Oklahoma at number eight just because I know how much they value uh, Oklahoma. Uh, but, again, I, they've, Oklahoma's been flirting with dropping a game mm-hmm. for a long yeah. time. You, you have yeah, to feel that it's coming one of these times. By the way, Wake uh, Forest is 8-0 right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I, know the, I know the ACC is not known for its premier college football, but – the Demon they are at eight. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, that's going to be something interesting to watch. Um, I, uh, this is always a fun time of year because we actually get to kind of, kind of see what the mentality of the committee is. And I know it's, I know it's different, uh, different personnel. It's not the same people as the last year, but, um, but it seems like a lot of the stuff that they value is the same in terms of schedule and, and stuff like that. Um, all right. Um, our next item, uh, is, uh, talking about Brian Harson and Mike Leach and look, we're not going to get into like a uh, discussion about COVID or vaccines, but the reality is, is that both of these coaches, um, have not discussed their vaccination status and both schools are requiring proof of vaccination by December the 8th, uh, except in limited circumstances that, uh, legally entitle an employee to a medical or religious exemption. Um, Auburn and Mississippi State are doing this to be in accordance with federal guidance, uh, I presume, because of federal contracts, which uh, both schools maintain. Um, so obviously, this is after the regular season, of course, but um, but it's becoming a, a bit of a distraction. It would it would have to be as you get closer and closer. I mean, we're within a month here or just about um, and it's got to affect recruiting. Because we, we see what happened at Washington State. They fired uh, Nick Rolovich because of the same thing. So, and, and Brian Harson is a first-year head coach. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's got to be difficult to recruit, um, whether you intend it to be that way or not, when you haven't divulged this kind of status here. It's got to be uh, in people's minds. They're like, well, I don't know if you're going to be there next year. <laughs> so should I, you know, kind of hold out? Um, but anyway, it's it's something to keep in mind. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on this? 
it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't know the school's rules as far as recruiting either on, on visits or anything like that, or if you, you know, have to be vaccinated or, or what families themselves feel about. It's a very hot, you know, polarizing topic. And so, yeah, as you get down to the nitty gritty of it, you never know what a, a recruit will feel uh, one way or the other, or their families or anything like that. Um, you know, I think you're right. It, it comes down to federal mandates that the schools have to comply with. Um, also, you know, state universities have to comply with. So interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, and I think it's also interesting from the standpoint that a lot of the universities are doing campaigns to get students vaccinated, to get uh, they're giving out vouchers um, mm -hmm. to, you know, stores to get them vaccinated. And so um, I'm sure if they're not, they are probably feeling pressure from, you know, not only the NCAA or, or from, you know, the state, but also from their athletic departments and their their schools governing body as well. Right. I think a lot of uh, recruiting decisions are based on coaches and stability in the program. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I, I think that most recruits at the end of the day don't care. Um, you're going to have a probably a minority that are going to be concerned about this particular issue. But I think most recruits are just going to be like, can I get playing time? Is this going to help me get to the league? What do I have to do to, you know, are you going to be able to develop me as a player? I don't think they're concerned about whether or not uh, the head coach is vaccinated or not. With that being said, uh, the federal mandates and all that business, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Because uh, the last thing any of us want to see is another situation like what happened with Nick Rolovich uh, at Washington State. We don't want that uh, to happen to anybody. Um, yeah. So certain concessions have to be made. Maybe people have to compromise on some things. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's one of those situations where it's it's become a political issue, which it shouldn't be a political issue, but it's become a political issue. Uh, so someone's going to have to, you know, make some concessions, I guess. Yeah. But even all, all that stuff aside, like – COVID itself aside, the fact that this kind of creates um, uncertainty, um, I, 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 I have to believe affects uh, recruiting. It affects the possibly even the, the, the mood in the locker room. Obviously, Mississippi State's playing well right now, so uh, in, in Auburn too. So we haven't necessarily seen that take, a, take effect on the field, but it has to be in people's minds a little bit, you know, wondering if your coach is going to be there. Um, so... I don't know. That's going to be something interesting. And uh, obviously uh, it's going to unfold more uh, in the next coming weeks, one way or the other. <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah. We... And there's just, yeah, there's, gonna say, there's one other news thing. And I know it, it's, you know, kind of hot off the press and it's, it's sad. It's, it's horribly, horribly sad, but um, former Alabama player, Henry Ruggs, who is now with the Raiders or was, he's been since released, um, was involved in a, a drunk driving uh, accident that resulted in the death of another person. He was at the wheel. It has come out today that he was driving like 156 miles per hour, just, you know, less than a minute prior to the point of, um, of collision. I think at the point of collision, it was around like 125 or so. Um, it did result in the death of the other person in the, you know, in a different car rugs, apparently, according to reports, it's a miracle that he survived. Um, in his mugshot, he is wearing a neck brace and obviously has some some damage to his face. But he has been released by the Raiders at this point, which is not surprising. He will face charges, obviously, for not only DUI, but also um, what I can only assume will be vehicular manslaughter. 
Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's a sad situation on for anybody involved. I can't even imagine what the family of the victim uh, feels at this time. I don't know that they've released the name or anything about the victim since this morning. I haven't seen anything. Um, but yeah, just, you know, everybody be careful out there, make smart decisions. Um, and you know, fame and fortune, obviously it doesn't, uh, always produce wise decision-making. So just right. everybody be careful. Um, and it's, it's definitely a, a disappointing day for, for football across, across the board. Right. Yeah, that's rough. And obviously uh, we're thinking about all those involved and um, yeah. Um, and Uber and Lyft is a thing. Yes. Well, yes. Especially yes. in a big city. It's you don't so have an excuse. Absolutely. You're going to be done. Taxi, don't worry, taxis are still killed. there. They are still there. Yeah. Get a taxi. It, yeah. Taxi it, the day. Yeah. And if you're, if you're close, you can even walk. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, there's tons of, tons of options. So yes, please. You can pay for a hotel at wherever you are. Yeah. Or you sleep outside. I don't lot, know. Lots of alternatives. So I bear that in mind, of course. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our uh, opinion segment. Sir, if I may venture an opinion. I'm not really interested in your opinion, 3PO. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I love the song in the background. I know. It's a, I, I, I think I enjoy that just as much as the, it's just your opinion, man. I enjoy that uh, as well. Um, all right, so our, our topic this week, and I didn't phrase it in a definitive statement because I think we can all take our own uh, our own positions on it, and that is Cincinnati will or will not make the playoffs. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. What what are your thoughts? Is Cincinnati, if you had to say it, if you had to call it right <laughs> now? <laughs> all righty then. For those I, that can't let, see. Uh, yeah, for those of you that are the, in the auditory format, uh, the, the, I, what I'm doing is I'm holding up a picture of Bugs Bunny saying no. No. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's take a second it. to kind of unwrap this. Um, Cincinnati, uh, the University of Cincinnati. Is it Cincinnati University or Cincinnati? How's that work? It's an excellent question. The, I think it's the University, the University of, of, but I may Cincinnati? be incorrect. University of Cincinnati. I, know. I think. Don't quote okay. me. Okay, I'm so a, sorry. I, this I, is not I a Cincinnati podcast. Come on. I'm Listen, sorry. I am. I am in no way, shape, or form concerned about Cincinnati Twitter slash YouTube slash anything coming after us for bad mouthing uh, Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati uh, is University in. A, of. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Cincinnati is in the American Conference, uh, American Athletic Conference. Uh, that's with such big schools as. Um, uh, you know, uh, UAB, UCF, uh, a couple others that are down there. And, and this is a team that every year it seems that they're always kind of nipping at the heels of the big guys. They don't almost took to us down last year. Unless, the bowl game. Unless, unless they play somebody of merit, then they got no reason to be in the playoff. Um, I don't think they'll make the playoff. The committee has shown in the past that they don't put a lot of, uh, a lot of stock into – um, these group of five schools um, that, you know, run the table and look good against the, the other ones. It's just, they typically don't look good. Now there are a couple of exceptions. Uh, Auburn ran into a buzzsaw a couple of years ago when they played uh, 
um, was it UCF? I think or yes, UCF. Yeah, UCF. So that that's an aberration. But Gus for the most current part, player. Yeah, uh, but but obviously, I just don't see how the committee is going to let them in. So no, I say that Cincinnati is not making the playoff, uh, even if they do run the table. Jesse, what do you think? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They made it clear last year, and then they put the, like, just the last nail in the coffin this year. The committee has made it clear to Cincinnati that they are not getting in. And last year they said, well, they didn't play any Power 5 teams, right? Like, they didn't play anybody. We're not going to put them in. This year they played two so far. They're still not getting in because, yeah, maybe you can beat them, but we really don't care. You have to join them. That is what the committee is saying right now. You have to join. And if you don't, teams like Cincinnati, teams like UCF of years past, you are not getting in unless this gets expanded to eight teams. And right now, the committee is not indicating that it's going to go to eight teams. So you better start writing letters to the Power Five to see who's going to let you in. Because, no, I don't think they're getting in. And I think the committee has made that very clear. Yeah, um, well, you both said that they're not, so I guess I have to say that they are. Um, you don't have to. No, you don't um, have to. So yeah, actually, yeah, I this no, is an I, SEC podcast. Talk I'm, bad about them, Wes. Just do it. No, I'm going to say that they are, but it has nothing to do with their schedule. <laughs> it has everything to do with the potential chaos that's all around them. If you look at, um, there's three Big Ten teams: Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Obviously, some of them have already played each other, but um, you have the potential down the road for them to kind of cannibalize each other, and you kind of clear those teams out. Um, Oklahoma is probably going to drop a game, so they're not going to slip in there. Um, and I don't know. I could just I could I could also see Oregon uh, losing. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, another game I from here. I still now. think with amongst the chaos, I still think the committee yeah. is going to pick. Power five. I don't think they're going to pick Cincinnati. Well, I'll, I mean, look at last year. Yeah. Well, I'll say that they are, but that that is the only scenario where they make it in yeah. if, if there's just mass chaos in front of them. Um, and I'd be pissed. I'd be if I were a Cincinnati fan. I'd be I'd be very mad if I was. Right. Well, what was it? Um, gosh, uh, when what year was that when they uh, they let Washington in? Remember that. And uh, I think Bama smoked them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that nineteen, eighteen. I don't remember when. I don't remember when that was, but that was that was kind of one of those outliers. One of the years that we we lost to Clemson. Was it okay? I think I I could be wrong. Gotcha. By the way, I'm I'm sorry, Wes. I mean, what 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 is what is this? What is this? The seal. That's, yeah. No, it's a bear cat. This is what their mascot oh, that's is. That's a bear cat. Okay. That's a bear cat. Do you know what the, where the bear cat is indigenous? Asia. Why is your mascot a weird looking rodent thing from Asia? I need to be fair. Ours is not I, indigenous I, I, to I Alabama. True. Um, yeah, that doesn't matter, though. That's but you know, that's, it, that's, it, no, What's the alternative, Jesse? I mean, I can't imagine them bringing in like this giant tank of a crimson tide into the stadium. <laughs> Yellow hammers? I don't know. The state bird? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It yeah, could be something. Yeah, it's the, the same bird. Yeah. That, that to me would be the, the best intro and ever. And a drink. 
you know, a delightful drink. Colorado has the Buffalo, uh, Oklahoma has the, the wagon and then Alabama has a, has like a, a tank of water. Crimson. I think that's great. Little aquarium. Kool-Aid I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the what Kool-Aid a man. Done. Is. Oh man. The product placement's already there. You don't even have to do an NIL on that. He's yeah. already built in. And then just, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Kool-Aid man just explodes out of the, right. Of the right. And it drowns the other team. Done. <laughs> Oh, well, that took that that took takes time. takes a little bit of uh, you know a, a little bit of field cleanup, but it'll soak in pretty fast. So, um, sure, yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. Um, all right, so uh, that'll be interesting uh, to watch uh, as the uh, weeks unfold. Um, and uh, if the chaos does happen, what does the committee do then? Do they slide them up or do they? I don't know. It's <laughs> I, <laughs> me and Jesse are both like. Nah, bro. I can, nah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm sorry. I I want it to happen, not necessarily for them to get in, but for the the possible scenario to work out for them, just so there's all kinds of controversy and 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 uh, conversation about it. Let's let's go let's go to an 18 playoff and watch them get bounced in the first round. As and Mike Leach said, it. every little tiny town can do a softball tournament. Why can't we figure out how to do? <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, this big uh, level tournament. So, um, all right. Uh, so we had a couple of uh, listener feedback uh, comments and let's, uh, let's check those out. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So uh, Matt, you'll like this one. Uh, Sam Al-Salim says uh, Tennessee can beat Kentucky and Alabama can lose the Iron Bowl. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. Sam. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's right, though. Yeah. So uh, it, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Oh, boy. If you had asked me last week, um, I would have said probably not about uh, Kentucky beating Kentucky uh, for Tennessee. Uh, but the way Kentucky looked last week, it's entirely possible. And as a Tennessee fan, you got to be, you know, kind of uh, wringing your hands a little bit about this game because uh, it's definitely possible. Oh, I'm ringing. I'm ringing my hands about a lot of games coming up, Wes. We're gonna talk about one oh, or two gosh. weeks. Then we're gonna have a discussion about. I got. I got news for you, buddy. Well, it's it's gonna be in Neyland, so they'll just throw golf balls at us. So you know, <clears> mustard. Right, so. We don't throw golf balls. It's <laughs> mustard. Please get your. If you're gonna insult my team, do it right. It's both. They do both. Both of them. So it, it's 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 sample size. There was more Thanks. mustard than there was golf balls. Golf balls. The golf ball gets all the press because it hits the coach. Golf balls filled with mustard. Um. I had a Kirby bottle. Smart will throw it back. In listen, there. listen. True. I had Be a bottle careful. full of pee thrown at me at Florida. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, um, I'm aware, Sam, that Alabama <laughs> could lose the Iron Bowl. Do you want to know a secret? Uh-oh. That's a possibility every single year. It's true. It's one of those rivalry games. Where Where is the Iron Bowl this year? Uh-huh. Where's it being played? I want to say it's in Bryant Denny, but I'm not. I pray to God it is. I'm not um, sure. Let's check our pocket computers. Because um, I don't know. I would if I was a Bama fan. I would feel a lot better if it was a Bryant Denny. Just the way things, you know, obviously the way things go. They need to play that thing at Legion Field like they're supposed to and be better. Like a neutral site. It's injured there. Oh, is it really? Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh Lord. There's going to be some oh. some toilet paper for flying through the air on Tumor's Corner that Saturday night. All right. Well, um, 
I mean, gosh, I feel like there's a bunch of these interesting ones coming up because as we've said almost every week, uh, the SEC is drunk and nobody really knows what's going on. The whole NCAA. It, the whole NCAA, everybody. yeah. That's right. The NCAA has turned into Animal House. <laughs> exactly. Bluto's in the corner downing a fifth of Jack Daniels. Yeah. It's just awful. Um, and then uh, Jody Hendricks says that we should talk about how Mississippi State is turning around their season, which I thought was a, a great, a great talking point. We 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 started to get into earlier, uh, but as you mentioned, uh, the loss to Memphis early this year, which um, shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have happened. Um, egregious, egregious calls in that game. Uh, one in By particular. the way, did y'all know that's the same officiating crew that was officiating the Tennessee LSU game, or sorry, the Tennessee Ole Miss game? No, I did not. That's um, the same crew. Yeah. Well, they, they've they been under a lot of fire uh, for sure. Um, the LSU game. They should train the umpire that was behind the plate last night for the Braves game to be an SEC official because that man was on it. He was calling a fantastic Yeah, whether, whether you agreed with the balls and strikes fantastic. or not, he at least um, he gave reasons every time. It wasn't just ball and he strike. Did. He would be like, it's yeah. a little bit outside. Outside. Uh, that's yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, I heard that he was too. great. I loved him. Yeah, Come good. to the SEC, yeah. bud. Football. That's a, so uh, we talk about uh, baseball history. When the Braves won in 95, the guy who called the uh, behind the plate in that game was like the human rain delay of calls. Like uh, it would it would be a pitch and it would be a strike. And like the ball is on its way back to the pitcher before the umpire is like. I remember that. Strike. Yeah. Yep. And he, he, he couldn't even hear him. It was inaudible. It was just kind of a. It was so weird, but uh, yeah, I'll never forget that game. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it, the LSU game, the week after that, they almost came back. I mean, they were on, on the march and they just couldn't quite get it done at the end. Obviously uh, Bama was a beat down. So we'll just kind of leave that one as is, but they could perceivably have one loss at this point. Um, they beat Texas A&M in Kyle field. In Kyle field. Yes. The week before we lost, or two weeks before we lost yeah. to uh, A&M at Kyle Field. I mean. Could you imagine how weird life would be if we were looking at a one-loss Mississippi State team? Oh, well, the conversation would be a lot different. I can tell you that. The conversation um, would be so weird. Um, and I, if I'm a Mississippi State fan, I, I'm very hopeful because um, I think we're seeing uh, incremental progress. It's not like, you know, bam, they're knocking it out of the park. But they're definitely – in my opinion, better than last year. Um, They're trusting the process. Exactly. And you've got – we saw how many guys left last year. I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all remember that. It was. They even talked about it in one of the – it wasn't even one of their games. It was another game. We were talking about Mississippi State and, like, all the guys who had just left. They're like, I'm not doing this air raid stuff. I'm out of here. Um, and and so the, the guys that are there are buying in. And um, it seems to be taking effect. Um, so – uh, I, I'm happy if I'm a Mississippi State fan. We'll see how things go next year. But, I mean, they, they have an, uh, an opportunity to finish strong this year against some really quality opponents. you got um, Arkansas next, which, you know, jury's still out, I suppose, on them. Uh, Auburn, uh, Tennessee State, and then uh, Ole Miss, obviously, the Egg Bowl to finish the season. It's so going to be a good Egg Bowl. It is. I am really looking forward to that. And it, when uh, when Lane and and Mike Leach both got hired, I was like, "This goes. This makes the Egg Bowl so much more interesting." Uh, the week's press conferences. Yes, yes. Um, 
because what was it? Uh, well, I think before them, wasn't it? Uh, it was Matt Luke and uh, Joe Moorhead, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I love Matt Luke at O-line coach at Georgia, but not quite the same personality as Lane over there. So, <laughs> um, no. <coughs> so uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a fun one to watch. So looking forward to that. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming games. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, the uh, first game coming up next week is Mizzou uh, at 4-4, four 1-3 and four, one and three in the conference at Georgia, 8-0, 6-0 oh, oh in the conference. Uh, that's noon on ESPN. Um, Mizzou's defense is really bad, which I think is going to be good, uh, a good tune-up for whoever's back there, whether it be Stetson or JT. I'd like to see JT start, but, hey, you know, whatever. We'll see We'll see who gets the, the nod. Um, and then I think Georgia's defense is going to be able to key in on Beatty, kind of take that away. And I don't, I don't see Mizzou being able to do a lot. Now, they might get, you know, something uh, later on, or they might have uh, – there was a couple of moments in um, – I think it was specifically the South Carolina game where Georgia had a few weak moments on the, on the back end, like, as you mentioned, Matt, in secondary. Um, so that might happen. But I'm going to go with the shutout here. I got Georgia winning 49-0. to Jesse, what you got? This game's going to be boring. There's no point in watching it. UGA, 45-6. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's the truth. Jesse will not be on the marketing team for this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Matt, what do you got? <clears throat> I was originally going to put a lower score because I'm not sold on UGA's offense. Um, I just eh, – their defense gives them too many short fields and too many opportunities. Either way, um, yeah, I think I'm going to say UGA rolls in this one easy. Uh, Ole Miss – or sorry. Uh, Mizzou gets a late, late garbage time touchdown to make it closer. So forty-two ten Georgia. All right, uh, Liberty at seven and two at Ole Miss at six and two, noon on SEC Network. And yes, um, Hugh Freeze visiting uh, the grounds of Ole Miss once again. Um, this one's interesting. I think they expect a lot of points to be uh, scored in this one. Um, both teams high paired offenses. Um, I am going to go with Ole Miss, 42 to 28. Jesse, what you got? Fathers, watch your daughters in Auburn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. and are going to be out on the prowl. Um, I am trusting the lane train on this one. Um, I'm going Ole Miss, 45-21. You think they're going to be, like, on the town together, like each other's wingman? I can wingman? only hope. I can only hope. Surely those two don't, like, hang out. Probably not, but hey, what a what a fun thing that would be, though. They might be in a group text together. Um, I think all this aren't all the Saban uh, Saban former head coach. Or, I think you're you're right. All in, you're right. Are they all in a big text group together? Like just I know I know Kirby and Lane are. Um, I think it's more than that, though. I think there's. I think like you said, it's a group of them. Matt, what you Probably. got? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to enjoy this trip back to Oxford. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't foresee Liberty giving them a lot of trouble. Uh, I haven't looked at Liberty's stats or anything or any of that business. I'm just going off my gut of what we know out of Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to be looking uh, for a little bit of retribution after last week. So I'm going to say Ole Miss wins this thing 48-14. Okay. 
Um, all right, next we have Auburn at six and two, three and one in the conference at Texas A&M, uh, six and two also, three and two in the conference. Um, that is a 3.30 uh, kickoff on CBS. So that is CBS's game of the week. Um, I, I, yeah, so I think Vegas has A&M winning this one, actually. And it's uh, A&M and a close one. But I don't know. I just got a feeling Auburn is just got, they're on a mission. They have a path forward. Um, and if they can continue the momentum, who knows? Um, I am going to go with Auburn winning this one, 31 28. Jesse, what do you have? Color me triggered. Um, but I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Uh, I'm going to okay. agree with Vegas on this one. I just think it's at Kyle Field. If, I, if it were at Jordan Hare, I would I would probably pick Auburn. But I'm going to go with Texas A&M in a close one, 28-24. Okay. Matt, what you got? Mm, I was feeling pretty confident about my field, and then I remembered this is the game's playing played at, being played at Kyle Field. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, hold on a moment. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Auburn. I'm gonna okay. stick okay. with Auburn. Uh, but I'm gonna say the score is twenty-four twenty-one. So okay. tighten it up a little bit. All right, well, that's uh that's a fun one. Um. All right. Uh, next we got Mississippi State five and three. Three and two in the conference at Arkansas. Five and three, one and three in the conference. Uh, that is four o'clock on SEC Network. Um, this is difficult. I think. So I think it's going to be close. It is. It is in Fayetteville, um, mm-hmm. and that may be the deciding factor. I got Arkansas winning this one, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Jesse, what do you have? Now I think the air raid offense. I think it. it it has its moment, even in Fayetteville. I'm picking Mississippi State, thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay, Matt. I think uh, I think we're going to be in for another good Mike Leach post-game segment here, because um, I think Mississippi State's going to win this one too. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting choked up about it thinking about Mike Leach <laughs> talking about pirate movies. Um, so I'm going to say Mississippi State wins this thing, twenty-four twenty. All right. Yep. I mean, th- those are always uh, enjoyable clips, no matter what. So, in in some ways, I kind of hope for that, uh, so I can get a, grab another one of those. So, um, all right. Next, we have LSU, uh, four and four, uh, two and three in the conference at Alabama, seven and one, four and one in the conference, uh, seven o'clock on ESPN. Um. Yeah. I, I think I think Bama's going to take care of this one. I think um, LSU was kind of playing with some emotion there for a little bit for Coach O, but I just I don't see them being able to have anything for Bama. Um, I got Bama winning this one, forty-one to twenty-one. Jesse, I will be there. Um, I don't know if I'll be in the game yet. I will certainly be in Tuscaloosa for this game um, and nice. potentially scalping some tickets to to get inside Bryant Denny for the first time since twenty sixteen. So very excited, wow. but yeah. Yeah, but I'm picking the Tide, um, 42-23. Okay. Matt, what do you got? Jesse, I hope you're ready to be disappointed, kid, because LSU's winning this ball game. <laughs> Not even you are that silly. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, boy, wouldn't it be fun to watch LSU beat Bama. Um, so. Just no. send, Coach o, <laughs> send Coach O off into the sunset with a win over, mm-hmm. over Nick Saban. Um, yeah, Bama, I don't think it's going to have too much trouble here. Uh, Bama's going to win 45-20. All 
All right. Um, all right. Next, we have Tennessee at four and four, two and three in the conference at Kentucky, six and two, four and two in the conference. That is also seven o'clock on ESPN two. Um, all right. And uh, this is one in Kroger Field at night. It gets kind of crazy up there. I do think it's a good game, though. I think this one's kind of a back and forth. Um, just how Kentucky looked in the last game, though, I might regret this, but I'm going to go with Kentucky in a close one, 31 to 28. Jesse? Yeah, I have the same feelings. They did not look good last week. Um, and the only reason I'm picking Kentucky is because it is in Kroger Field. And they looked so bad last week that I think this week's practice is going to be brutal. And hopefully they tune up just a little bit. Um, and Levis starts to actually throw the ball to his teammates. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Wildcats 34-28 in a close one. All right, Matt, what you got? <laughs> let me let me paint let me paint the picture for you here. Okay. Tennessee had a bye week last week. We've been banged up. We have an opportunity to rest up. Got some people back. Um our offense has looked pretty good. Defense has looked pretty good. Aside from a couple of mis miscues here and there, I feel like we've looked a lot better than we did at the beginning of the season. With that being said, the line on this game is even. When I checked it this afternoon, the line was at minus two. Uh, or sorry, it was uh, in favor of Kentucky by two. The last time Tennessee was uh, underdog by two points was when we played Missouri, and we smoked the absolute tar out of Missouri. So I'm going to go with the trend here. I'm going to say Tennessee wallops the Wildcats. It beats them 45 to 20. Wow. Setting up a big matchup with them Bulldogs the week after. Not just a win, but a statement win. It's going to be a statement win. Wow. Kentucky or Tennessee is for real. Tennessee is back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Let's <laughs> let's chill with that talk. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm pretty confident we're gonna beat them. Yeah. All right. Well, um, now I'm really excited to watch this one. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So Florida, four and four, as we mentioned, two and four in the conference. At South Carolina, also four and four, but one and four in the conference. That is uh, 7.30 on SEC Network. Um, guys, who would have thought at this point in the season that Florida and South Carolina would have the same record? Now, granted, I know they haven't looked wow. the same, and it's a little bit different, but still, the records are the same overall. Um, I don't think that that necessarily has a bearing on this game, though. I think uh, Florida, as, uh, as we've mentioned in a few other games, uh, talked about people having bad games and then having uh, practice and – and a lot of extra reps and stuff like that to try and improve. I got Florida winning this one. Do not that. 35 to 17. What you got, Jesse? Yeah, I think the Gators are going to need a confidence boost this week. I think, again, it's going to be one of those things where practice is going to be pretty brutal. Um, obviously, I, I don't think Richardson will be in, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think they can take care of. Uh, the game cocks pretty well. So I'm going with the Gators 31 17. All right, Matt, what you got? Uh, you're going to hear Sandstorm once at the beginning of this game, <laughs> and then it's going to be bad for South Carolina after that point. Uh, however, I don't think that Florida, uh, given the situation that's going on in Florida right now, especially the situation at quarterback, I don't foresee uh, Florida putting up the points that you guys are saying. So I'm going to say Florida wins this thing 24 10. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for the uh, upcoming games of this, uh, this weekend. Um, yeah. And uh, that would be interesting to see how all of these go. So 
Um, that does it for this week's episode. And uh, let's go ahead and get you guys out of here with some contact uh, info. Uh, if you guys would like to hit us up on email, please do so at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash pigskinsandpageantry. We're on Twitter at PPSCC Podcast, also Instagram at Pigskins and Pageantry. Uh, don't forget we're available for a download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. Appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment, subscribe, and uh, give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Increase our visibility and uh, opportunity to have conversations with more uh, great people like you guys. So uh, until next time, this is Wes. Go Braves and go dogs. We are world champions. Um, But most importantly, if you need to find me on Saturday, you can find me at Innisfree with a Sabinade in my hand. I cannot (laughs) wait to be back in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Roll time. There is a drink called a Sabinade. Oh, my gosh. I hate it. We hates it, Precious. Um. Yeah, let's beat Kentucky. I want to rip them guys apart. I want to ruin them. Let's break them in half. Please.